0: Hi, I'm Brad Blaylock. And I'm Brad McKeon, and welcome to
1: The Brad Report.
0: Brad Report contains spoilers. This episode of The Brad Report is brought to you by Flags. It's what's waving. The Brad Report can be found on Apple, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Anchor, and Spotify. Please rate and review us five stars only and make sure you subscribe. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Brad Report. Last week, we concluded Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. And this week, we begin our long belly flop into the Marvel Cinematic Universe with Iron Man, directed by Jon Favreau and starring the one and only Robert Downey Jr. Getting us into our summary is my co-host, Brad.
1: A billionaire industrialist and genius inventor, Tony Stark is conducting weapons tests overseas, but terrorists kidnap him to force him to build a devastating weapon. Instead, he builds an armored suit, and upends his captors returning to America. Stark refines the suit and uses it to combat crime and terrorism.
0: Good summary. Good summary.
1: I hope so. I
2: stole it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. Um, just to let our listeners know in on this, so we are we're recording remotely from one another for the first time since our first episode, the, State That's of the right. Union, it's been a while, and uh, we had some bad audio on that one. So, if you're sticking with us, we're thankful for you. Hopefully, this audio will be a little bit better as we dive into Iron Man. And uh, we're just going to jump into uh, some themes that we saw in uh, the first installment of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, the first theme that I really thought uh, stood out uh in this is and i think this is kind of going to be popular among the movies is just finding your purpose hmm. and along that with uh, tony stark he's he's this rich wealthy guy and he's he has this um this awakening moment where he sees the damage that has been done by his weapons and how he's just kind of been complacent and um not really uh, sure. vigilant or paying attention and just finding his purpose in this crisis um, this crisis of you know his life's in danger um because of his weapons and um, his undoing and finding his purpose in being a hero you know he never really wanted to sign up for that he was just kind of the playboy the i'm going to have fun i'm not going to be responsible and then finding his purpose in being responsible and combating the villains and fighting against uh, those people that are in are being oppressed. That was the one of the first themes that I saw.
1: Yeah, mine is when the first one I I saw was really similar, uh, but I just put down the responsibility to the common good, and I think that Tony. Beginning in this film and really throughout the entire MCU, he kind of battles with this idea of like, what is what is my responsibility to to the common good, right? So there, uh, I've been given all this all these resources. I've been giving these talents intellectually. What do I owe owe the people around me, right? And so we see this with the like weapons depot. So he realizes that his weapons, right? So he realizes that his weapons are being used. For, by these terrorist organizations, that they're not being used to to make peace, essentially. They were used; they're being used to wage war. And so he realizes that you know he has some sort of responsibility to to the universe, right, or to the to the people around him, in the sense that like he is he is putting these things out there, and he's responsible for how they're being used and whether or not they're being used to promote the common good or being used to promote evil. And so that's kind of similar to what you said, but I just think just a general like responsibility in what that is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think another part of that that's tied in uh, kind of loosely is like the, the idea of legacy and Mm. how he is, people keep comparing him to his father throughout the movie and then like carrying on your father's legacy. And then Yinsen is talking about his legacy and seeing the destruction of the weapons and this terrorist organization. And he's saying, is this what you want your legacy to be? Sure. Challenging him on that and kind of like what impact with what, how is he going to be responsible? What impact is he going to believe on the world? And is he going to do something about it? Is he just going to resign himself or is he going to stand up and fight it?
2: Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's good.
0: Yeah. Do you have any more themes?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. So I think that. The, <laughs> sorry, no, I wasn't sure if you were going to go or, or what. Yeah, so I, I think, mean,
2: I just that was it.
1: Okay. Uh, one one other thing, I think this pre-problem is that pride comes before the fall. Yeah. And so Tony, at the beginning of this, maybe is just so full of himself. and just so sure of who he is, and you know that he is. Yeah, you know, he's this hot shot, right? At one point, he's bragging about different um, like women that he's dated. They're on the cover of magazines, and he's bragging about how much money he has. And I mean, he's so arrogant. He even shows up to like a, a weapons demonstration, and he has this like I don't know, like like bar sent sent with him just so he can get one single drink of a of a martini or whatever. I mean, he's just so arrogant. You know, the playboy billionaire. And then he fell. He fell really hard. And then at the end of the movie, you see Obadiah. Obadiah kind of had the same thing, right? So he eventually gets to this point where Obadiah thinks, like, I have taken over this company. I am I'm the future of Stark Industries. That, you know, I have built this suit that's better than Tony's. Nothing can stop me. And, yeah, and then eventually he's so prideful that he misses a couple of key details. And Tony Stark and Pepper Potts are able to take him down
0: yeah yeah that's really good. i think I think this is um kind of a a secondary theme. I think this is just so incredibly popular with superhero movies in general is the idea of rebirth and yeah rebirth and how you can be reborn and how he's remaking himself. He's he, yeah. a hero encounters this crisis moment, this low moment, and then they have a choice. Are they going to get back up? Are they going to remake themselves? Are they going to put on the suit? Are they going to create these powers? But kind of like we were talking with Dark Knight Rises and shout outs again, Parker Hudson, uh, <laughs> how Tony is in the ground Into in the a cave. cave to the cave and he emerges from the cave reborn as iron man and remade and um, you know he's he's putting on a new suit and he's got this he's even got this essentially like new heart in a sense and he is this new person um, having this almost conversion experience of seeing the crisis of the error of his ways and, and trying to change and making a change from that point
1: yeah absolutely i think that's and that's really solid for sure last last theme i got is there's like i guess this is a street now for us of talking somewhat like politics for a few weeks in a row but there is a there's like a, a critique here of war profiteering yeah. Yeah, you're profiting off of war. And that's not to say that there are no instances in which like war could be justified or whatever. Um, I sure, I think hypothetically there could be such thing as a, a quote-unquote just war. But I do think this movie is critiquing people who take advantage of war, whether just or not, in an effort to simply to profit from it and just to make money from it, right? like Obadiah at one point is... Clearly, only concerned with the the stock price of his company. At one point, yeah. when Tony, you when Tony announces that you know they're going to be a company that tries to promote peace more, Obadiah is upset because the stock price of Stark Industries has fallen. I can't remember what he says, like forty percent or something like that.
0: Yeah, like fifty. Said uh, forty points is like we were expecting that. It's like well, it's actually fifty six.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's yeah exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, do you have any anything else? Any other themes?
1: No, those are my, my three themes really just pride comes before the fall, a responsibility to the common good, and a critique of war profiteering.
0: Yeah, that's good. Uh, so we have next our, our storytelling section on the outline, and there wasn't anything really um Kind of particular that I wanted to point out in this section, other than uh, do you do you remember when this movie came out? Ah, two
1: thousand
0: and eight. I remember seeing this movie right? in the theater twice. Yeah,
1: was that right? Yeah, two thousand
0: eight. Right. Yeah, I remember because we got there, my friends and I. Uh, we got there super late, and we sat on the front row. And I just remember in the opening crawl, like when the Humvees are driving through the desert, just looking from one side of the screen to the other and just directed by John Favreau. <laughs> and um, I think like going back, cause there are so many, I mean, the MCU is incredibly popular right now and you can go back and read all these stories and articles and interviews of this and how much sure. of a gamble marvel was taking on robert downey jr who wasn't even the highest paid actor in this movie and jeff bridges commenting and saying like yeah it was just a million dollar budget film because so much of it was just improv and we have an idea of where we want to go with the scene and let just our robert downey jr just improv his way through the lines which is pretty yeah which it's is, pretty
2: remarkable that's imp-
1: yeah, that's crazy to me because I i mean, I know at this point in his career, he was battling with some like, personal demons and some stuff like that. And so I know that it was kind of a almost like, hey, Ellie, here's your here's your lifeline. Like, here's your last chance, Robert. You know, this is it. And to take that and turn him into her. And not just they. It's not that Disney just turned him into like obviously he worked hard and like rehabbed his image and all that jazz. But yeah, to become like the face of this most successful movie franchise ever is really cool and really impressive.
0: Yeah, he is he is the consistent star. He's in more movies than anyone else, and yeah. it's it's crazy. Um, it's awesome. But yeah, that's the only thing that I have for for storytelling. Unless there's anything else that you want to add.
1: Yeah, I so I think that this is almost unfair because I think we're gonna see we're gonna see this a lot throughout these the series as we go through the MC movies. Right, and that's this the idea of the hero's journey. Right of course, this Yeah. You know, the the mono myth, like the myth of a thousand myths or whatever. I mean
0: the hero with a thousand faces.
1: Yeah, and by Joseph Campbell. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. you know, like this this story follows that, I mean, to a T, right? So you've got the ordinary world, and there's a call to adventure. He refuses. He meets the mentor in the cave. He crosses the threshold and he has tests and allies and enemies. And there's an ordeal. There's this death and rebirth. And then eventually in the next movies we get on to the, the next part of the, the hero's journey. But I mean you just this one in particular felt like so Um, I don't wanna say I mean, you know, like, every story, every hero follows the hero's journey. You know, it seems like and that's why that book exists. And so I think this was just, like, a perfect example of, like, how um, we can take a story that we've, essentially a story that we've all heard thousands of times, how the hero's journey isn't anything new or even particularly creative, but you can, with a good director and a good actor, you can take it and. And make it into your own, and add your own flair and your own style to it, and become something completely unique and just something that everyone loves. And so, I think that's that's pretty cool in terms of storytelling.
2: Yeah, it's super super solid. Um,
0: I really like this movie a lot. Um, uh, do you want to go ahead and get into some characters? Talking about yeah, let's our talk about some MCU characters.
1: Yeah, let's talk about some of our characters here. So first up, we have none other than Tony Stark, Iron Man. And I I mean there's not a whole lot to say that that we haven't said before. I mean he's just he's the hero. That he has this transformation in the movie that is awesome to watch, like him transform from this like self absorbed billionaire. I only care about me and my money, to this like genuine like hey i I have a responsibility to people and i'm here to to help and i'm here to make the world a better place i'm going to use the resources that i was given in order to to make the world better and so i i think tony is awesome
0: yeah he's awesome and i think some of the things that make him so fun is like the swagger the confidence And I put it like, he's the guy that every guy wishes they could be, you know? He's famous, he's handsome, he's rich, he's a literal genius, he's hilarious, and he's a superhero, you know? Like, every guy wishes that he uh, could be him. He just, he's completely comfortable in his own skin with who he is at the beginning. And of course he like, he goes through some, some challenges and doubting what he's done in the past. And, but even then he, he's completely confident in his course of action in this film, at least, you know, and he's great. And so I can't wait to get to some quotes later on.
1: Oh yeah, he's so quotable. he's very funny. one of them, I didn't put this, but I love the one where he's like, he's on the plane, he's like, give me scotch, I'm starving.
0: <laughs> I'm starving.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: awesome. It's so funny. Oh, he's so great. Um okay. Next up we have Roadie. Um so I I really love Terrence Howard as Roadie. I'm kind of bummed that like they recast him. Um so I'm, well, I'm a huge Terrence Howard fan.
1: Well, uh, yeah, I, I liked him more than um, who replaced him, Don Cheadle. Is that Don right Cheadle, it? yeah. Yeah. So I like Terrence more than Don, too. And the I was reading about this today, and the story behind him getting recast is Terrence says that supposedly they had agreed up front to paying him a certain amount of money for three movies. And they came up to him afterwards, after the f- success of the first movie, and said, hey, we're actually going to pay you one-eighth of what we told, told you we were going to pay you. Because we think we can do this movie with or without you and be successful. And Terrence was like, what? No, you told me you were going to pay me this, so pay me this. And I didn't do it. And so he kind of got out of that.
0: Which is such a shame because they made oodles of money on it. And I think there's a lot of things that, I mean, people love the MCU. People love Marvel. But, you know, Marvel's not outside of, like, being shady. And on some of their yeah. their dealings. And yeah, I really liked him a lot. And um, I mean he's he does the soldier well, he's funny, he's instantly likable as and like believable as one of those people that can yeah. keep Tony in check.
1: And you know, I can Where, I believe it way more coming from Terrence Howard than I do from Don Cheadle.
0: Yeah. It like, just Terrence- um,
1: he, he looks, um, I don't know, sterner isn't the right word necessarily, but he looks like he'd be harder to run through.
2: <laughs> yeah. And so, like,
0: I know, I mean, we'll get to this when we talk about Iron Man 2, but I'm just like, oh, I'm so disappointed in how how things fell out with with that because, you know, he's, it's, it seems like he and... Uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. had a really good chemistry and I just don't feel like he and Don Cheadle like I don't believe their chemistry as much, you know, it just doesn't seem as yeah. authentic. But yeah, I, I mean, I heard that as well. because he was the highest paid actor in this first movie. And yeah, he was. I think like part of the story or some of the articles that I read is that he was the one that kind of advocated for Robert
1: Downey Jr. to get the role and yeah well and and then on the flip side some stuff I read was that when Marvel came back to Terrence and was like hey like we're not gonna pay you what we said we were he called he reached out to Tony or not Tony (laughs) he reached out to Robert (laughs) Uh, I was like hey like Robert get my back here and um, I think the quote from Terence is like, "Yeah, he didn't. He didn't text me back for another three months."
0: Yeah, so he's like, he never heard from him, which is so like that's well, so which, you know, we crappy. We we don't know what happened. Um, we don't. So we don't. But still, it's just like, man, it's like. Of course, at this point, like nobody knew. The only reference that people had was the Spider-Man trilogy, the X-Men movies. Um, there was no MCU vision. People thought, okay, maybe there's going to be an Iron Man trilogy. That's going to be and you know, fantastic four movies. Like it's um. going to be in its own universe. There was no MCU or anything like that. But anyways, it was just like, man, uh, that's just like, if there was something that I could have changed the whole MCU, that's like high on the list of keep Terrence Howard as road.
1: Yeah, for sure. He was I thought he was really good in
0: this movie actually. Yeah. Um, so next we have so I didn't know this until getting on IMDb today that Pepper Potts' first name is actually Virginia. <laughs> which makes <laughs> it so weird, you're just like, What? Virginia? Um huh, the more anyway, you know. I, yeah, the more you know. I mean, I think she I mean Uh, she kind of has a, an Alfred like role and being the assistant, but also being the love interest for Tony, um, like taking care of him when he's uh, not taking care of himself and just is kind of the organized one. And yeah, I mean, she's great. She's, she's super sweet and you, you like her character instantly. Um, and she just kind of like how she endures with Tony's shenanigans and is super sweet and kind, but also firm through it all, you know?
1: Yeah, she's great. She, uh, she's also serves as like his moral compass and a lot of what, which is, which is great. We, you know, we talked about this as a Batman, but every, it feels like every hero needs some, someone to help guide them or someone to keep them on the straight line. And they're, and pepper is also kind of a fun character in this movie she got to me the character gets less fun over time in mcu but in this movie she's really fun oh yeah and i've got a i've got a quote from her that we'll bring up later for favorite quotes
2: but she's great yeah she is
0: um so yeah so next we have Jensen, who is he's just kind of like almost like I know we just watched Batman so I'm comparing a lot of things to Batman right now in my mind. but he is the sure. uh, the catalyst agent that causes Tony Stark uh, to come to crisis and then come out of the cave and out of captivity and become a new man. he's he's the mentor, he's the guide. He's the one that um, is outside of his world and then comes into his world while they're both imprisoned. and you know some of my favorite lines from this movie are, as I've gotten older, are Jensen's line as he's coaching and mentoring and teaching Tony about about life, you know, about the suffering that they're enduring and like what he, how he's taken so much for granted.
1: Yeah, he's great I mean, it's just like you said, he's the mentor in the cave. He comes to him to teach Tony how to not only be a better person, but kind of how to wield this power that he's always had inside him. And he saves his life and creates the first like, prototype arc reactor to to save Tony. So, shout out to Jensen. Shout out to Jensen. And then
0: we've got uh, three more characters. We'll just rapid fire them. Obadiah Stane, played by the great Jeff Bridges, um, who has been diagnosed with cancer recently, which is very sad. Uh, but he know. was awesome. He was awesome in this yeah. movie. And Super believable. Super believable, and one of the things that I think is going to be my consistent critique is how the MCU misuses their villains, and there are just so many one-off deaths Mm -hmm. that you're like, man, this is Jeff Bridges, like Oscar-winning Jeff Bridges, and they're just going to kind of like do him as a one-off and kill him at the end of the movie. Because apparently the plan was originally for him to survive and escape, but yeah.
1: Dude, and he's looked in this movie. I, I, he looks menacing. you know, except yeah. he bald looks- head, the, the beard, and there's one there's one scene in particular where he's coming to talk to Tony, and this is after Tony has announced that they will no longer be making weapons. They're going to promote world peace. And he's coming it's to see pizza? Tony. No, no, no! This is this is this isn't the beach scene. He is on. He's riding like a Segway across the, like, yeah. the
2: parking lot. <laughs> smoking he's, 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 he's,
1: he's smoking a cigar. He's smoking a cigar and in you know in his mouth. And he's riding on the Segway with one arm. And he gets off and he, you know, puts the cigar in his hand and he's checking the time. You're like, dude, this guy looks like he would crush you.
2: Like, oh yeah, maybe he, not physically
1: crush you, but like he would ruin your life if he wanted to
0: yeah and he's just like where is he and asking where he is and it's you know, great and then
1: he you know? he puts his hands on his hips inside his his suit jacket and takes a deep puff of that cigar and you're like oh my gosh this guy is yeah, a
0: he's he, he's intimidating and it's great like he is a great great villain and i'm just bummed that we didn't get to see more of him. he's
1: he's one of my like probably three favorites Um in the MCU.
2: Yeah, he's, he's great. Really he's he's really, really good. He's better than the rest of the Iron Man villains that we got. But yeah. uh, so all right, next, next we have
0: up next we, up have, next we Jarvis. have Jarvis. <laughs> Is there an echo in here? <laughs>
1: um, so we have uh, I'm not and, sure what happened. We have Jarvis.
0: Yeah, but he's, I think like Paul Bettany, he's just like, he just does a great job. Like when you first listen, watch the movie for a few times, you don't even rec. I didn't even recognize it was Paul Bettany, but he does an awesome job. And Jarvis is like little quips and funny remarks, and just does him so well. And then Phil Coulson is just this unassuming guy. He obviously plays a big role later, but sure, he's just this unassuming hey, we need to talk, and he's persistent, and then actually at the end of the movie, you're like, oh, he's actually really important and really competent and good at his job, and he is here to help. You know, he's not manipulate anybody or anything.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I agree with all that. I think Coulson was when, when I first watched this movie, I don't think I really, and this is partly by design, right, but I don't think I even, you know, I, don't, I didn't really notice him until the very end. I was like, oh, okay, you are kind of, Huh. You have a reason for being here.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yes. He purpose. Let's get into some scenes and quotes. I think, uh, the first scene that I have, uh, of course, we'll follow our uh, typical style. Uh, popcorn style, uh, but I'm gonna go first, because well, as I was watching this yesterday, this scene made me laugh out loud hysterically, is when he's creating new armor and he's doing his flight test, and he's, said, he's like, all right, flight test, 10%, ready, go. And he shoots up and flies into the wall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> love that scene. I was just like, you know, I've- Yeah. I've seen saw this movie twelve years ago, and this still still makes me laugh. And I love that scene; it was so funny. Love some
2: good slapstick. How about you? So, uh, what's I, one your scene?
1: I yeah. So, I one of the things I love is when is when Pepper is so after it's after he gets back from the like fighting. And killing the terrorists, they've taken him prisoner or captive or whatever, and he gets back home. And he is having to replace the arc reactor in his chest, and he asks Pepper to do that for him. And, you know, he's essentially asking her to play like Doctor Operation or whatever that game is in his chest. And so, you know, he's like, all right, reach down in there. It won't be a big deal. Just don't, don't touch it against anything. Don't pull it out. And then he said, it's just such an awkward scene. It's so funny to me, and he's clearly very uncomfortable the entire time, and it's a pain. And yeah. she clearly hates it a ton. But it just, it's just—it's one of those things. Like, it just has to be done. You know, like he has to get this replaced, or else he's gonna die. And eventually, yeah. she gets it out, and it's all good.
0: It was—it's really funny when he's like, "Oh, I'm going into cardiac arrest," and she's like taking the moment to pause and be like, "Hey." It's okay. We're going to get yeah. through the phase. Just breathe. He's like, he's, like, like, he's like, yeah, I know. I'm fine. Like, just put it back in. <laughs> right, right. Like, we'll be okay. Just please finish the job. Exactly. <laughs> that one's super funny. Uh, my next one is in the cave, building the armor for the first time. Like, every interaction that he has with Yensen, I, it's it's just, I love it so much how the, he has these these two completely contrasting characters find themselves in the same situation, being held captive against their will to follow these terrorists, these warlords, or lose their lives.
2: And yeah. they bond through I, that. And...
1: Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. My, and I'll, I'll just go ahead and share because my next scene plays off of that, but I love the scene when he's fighting out for the first time, and he's, like, fighting his way out of this group, you know, they... I mean, there's so much there, so they... these guys come in, and first off, like Yinsen has to sacrifice himself in order for the suit to fully upload, right? Because they don't have the best service, ironically. And so he has to <laughs> sacrifice himself so that, <laughs> so that Tony's suit will load, and then Tony just... I mean, it's the first time we see the Iron Man suit, and it just melts through this group of group of people and it is so cool to watch tony and the mark mark the mark II armor just rip through people yeah because it's awesome. not it's not it's not as like smooth as iron man that we're used to you know it's way more like a little more a little more clumsy if you will but it oh, is absolutely. it's still fun
0: um, he built it in a cave out of a box of scraps as obadiah would say um i think my next scene is his first flight in the mark ii even uh, before that he's just like he's finally got a, a set of new armor on for the first time and he's the paint job getting ready yeah he's getting ready and jarvis and he's like all right let's uh check the weather like let's go on a flight and uh Jarvis is like, oh, sir, there's a a terabyte of uh, calculations we need to make. And he's like, Jarvis, sometimes you got to run before you can walk. And he takes (laughs) off and goes real high in the sky and the icing problem, which comes into play later. And then Mm -hmm. it's falling and he barely pulls it out of this dive and he just starts laughing. And I think it's just like so much fun. You're like, this is a fun guy. Like he almost died. And he's trying to, like, test out this insane invention of his, and he's just, like, having the time of his life laughing and enjoying it.
1: Yeah, no, that's great. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, So one of my next scenes is a scene that, well, it's a phrase that we'll come back to much later in, in this series. But it's the ending of the movie. He's at this press conference, you know, and they're asking him, these uh, questions about the the flying robot and what's going on, and you know, he's been advised to just say nothing, and you know, essentially Pick like to the just pass the pass the baton. Yeah, yeah, just just move along. Like nothing is unique. And he goes, you know what? I am Iron Man, and it's it's a great ending to the movie. It's so awesome. Yeah, it's super great, and and it sets up the
0: entire rest of the story. Yeah, exactly. And it bookends it so well. Which that, I think this line was improvised. Um, and really? obviously they went ahead, I think so originally. I think they went ahead and went with it. Uh, but the one, the bookend at the end of uh, Infinity Saga was also improvised um, hmm. with the snap. So,
2: but yeah, that's a great scene. That's super fun. Uh,
0: the last scene that I have down is his first mission in the Mark III armor, where he goes back to Galmira, which is Yinsen's hometown. And yeah. it's just so cool when he takes out all the hostiles, and then he gets shot out of the sky by the tank, and that whole sequence of Him like coming out of the crater and you can just like even though the the iron man mask face is the same you can tell it's just like oh it looks like the mask is frowning and like scowling at the stupid tank that shot him out of the sky and then when he's making it back and the jets are chasing him that's it's super fun and like his interactions with roadie in that scene are like they're great and it's just so much fun that whole sequence is just awesome
1: Yeah, that's a really good one too. Uh, So my next one is probably the last one I have listed. I I mean, there are other scenes that I like, obviously, but I love the scene when Tony says he's shutting down weapons manufacturing at the press conference. Everybody freaks out. Yeah, but it's everything that leads up to that as well, right? So he comes home. He's you know the prodigal son has returned. Um, Well, I guess that's a horrible analogy considering he was kidnapped. But he comes home and he calls a press conference. They thought conference. he was dead. Three months. You're—they're right. They did think he was dead. And he comes home and he—he he asks for. He's got a McDonald's cheeseburger, and instead of standing on the podium, he asks everyone to sit down with him. He's sitting down. And he's just gnawing on a cheeseburger, and you can tell like this knowledge of, this knowledge of what his weapons have been used for is really weighing on him. I mean, it's mm-hmm. really. Like burdening his soul, and he is trying to yeah. figure out a way to to unlift this burden from himself. He's trying to find a way to to figure out what is his his responsibility in this life. What does he owe the common man, and what does he owe to the common good? And he's not sure. And he's just he's for the first time he's thinking about that, and it's just weighing on his soul. And I think it's a great moment. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy that like
0: first thing he gets back is like he cannot wait. To make the decision, you know, he has to do it now. As soon as he's back um, on home soil and well, at home,
2: uh,
0: he well, just once he gets a cheeseburger. Yeah, first thing, cheeseburger. And the second thing, it's not <laughs> what you think, call a press conference. <laughs> um, yeah, that's super, super fun. Uh, but all right, now we've got some quotes, some quotes. Um, what's uh, what? You go first this time. What's your what's your uh, first quote?
1: Okay, uh, first quote is Obadiah, and you've mentioned this, but he says Tony Stark was able to build this in a cave with a box of scraps. Right? He's got all these scientists around him. He's trying to recreate the arc ra- arc reactor that Tony built, and they just can't do it. They've got all this technology, all of the comforts of a modern laboratory, and they can't replicate what Tony did with a box of scraps. In a cave, a cave.
0: Yeah, he's that much above. Yeah,
1: uh, I really. My, so my
0: first quote is uh, it really kind of introduces you, you to the the character. Um, I in the in the flashback of the missile presentation, is uh, this is Tony's uh, it says they say that the best weapon, the one you never have to fire. I respectfully disagree. I prefer the weapon you only have to fire <laughs> once. That's how Dad did it. That's how America does it. And it's worked out pretty well so far. Present to you the newest in Stark Industries Freedom Line. Found an excuse to let one of these off the chain, and I personally guarantee the bad guys won't even want to come out of their caves. Ladies and gentlemen, for your consideration, Jericho. <laughs> it's just such an awesome line as he like extends his arms out and it just the explosion like blasts the guy's like hats off and it's really, really funny.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a pretty good one for sure. I Yeah, that's an interesting one because I don't think Tony I don't know that Tony would have said that. That uh, you know, ten movies into this this thing. I think Tony changes and evolves from that. And so I think that's it's a funny quote, but it shows where he used to be, which I think is a great what part of this movie, the evolution of Tony Stark. Yeah. So my my Absolutely. next quote is from Jensen. It's a Jensen Tony Stark interaction. Jensen goes, That could run your heart for fifty lifetimes. Tony responds, Yeah. Or something really big for 15 minutes. Yeah. And it's so great that
0: um when he first is like, No, I'm not gonna make anything and then just like, Well, we've got to, we've gotta do something or we're we're gonna get killed. And then the idea is born to put this thing to, like, how his mind works to solve, like, being hooked up to a car battery it also mm-hmm. is a way of his escape and his salvation from that cave. Uh, so I've got, I think my next three are Tony and Jensen, uh, but we'll, we'll start with the first one. He said, did you see that? Those are your weapons in the hands of those murderers. that what you want? this what you wish the legacy of the great Tony Stark to be? Says, I shouldn't do anything. They could kill you. They're gonna kill me either way. And even if they don't, I'll probably be dead in a week. Then Yinsen says, this is a very important week for you, isn't it? So making the choice to do something and resist, and fight against uh, evil, you know? It's like, are you just going to lay down, you gonna know, like, actually, like, up and resist and
2: fight? Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. And it just goes on to show, like, the, the mentorship that Jensen had, had with Tony. This is a quote from the exchange between Christine Everhart and Tony. So, Christine, the um the, reporter, yeah, the news reporter says you yeah. yeah she says you've been called the da vinci of our time what do you say to that <laughs> absolutely ridiculous i don't paint
0: <laughs> yeah i've that one as well <laughs> and then uh, she asked him I was like uh, what about the merchant of death he's like
2: yeah that's Ooh, not i bad. like that one
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh it's fun uh, yeah i had that one as well but good that's great um so my next one is when he's talking to yinson he's like you got family he said yes and i will see them when i leave here you start mm-hmm. says no and Yinsen says so you're a man who has everything nothing and this is really telling because like Yinsen knows the beginning like from this point like looking back you can see like Yinsen's already decided that or is already accepted that this is like whatever they're going to do, it's going to cost him his life. Like He's not getting out uh, free and he's willing to do it. He's willing to help Tony Stark. He's because he sees in Tony the ability to like, to change the world and he's willing to um, sacrifice his life. To do that to help Tony and to, um, to give, help him get his
2: freedom and escape and do all of those things.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. So this one is a Tony Stark and Pepper Potts dialogue. Yeah. And it's when they're dancing together, and Tony goes, Am I making you uncomfortable? Oh, no. I always forget <laughs> to wear deodorant and dance with my boss in a room full of people I work with, and a dress with no back. Well, you look great. You smell great. But I can fire you if that could take the edge off. I don't <laughs> think you could tie your shoes without me. Well, I'd make it a week. A week, really. What's your social security number? He pauses for a second. He goes, Five? Five. You're missing just a couple of digits. Right. No, the so other funny. eight. Well, I have you for the other eight.
2: Yeah. Which is uh, okay. obviously funny, but
1: yeah. also like heartwarming and great.
0: That's uh, so funny. Um, yeah. My next one. Is my last Tony and Yensen quotes in her interaction mm. it's when he's about to escape and he's like, Yensen's down, he's shot. And he says, We got to go, come on, move with me. We got a plan, we're going to stick to it. He says, This was always the plan, Stark. Says, come on, you're going to see yeah. your family. Get up. My family is dead, Stark, and I'm going mm-hmm. to see them now. It's okay. I want this. I want this. He says, Thank mm. you for saving me. And I think this is so powerful. The rest of Tony's arc, he says, don't waste it. Don't waste your life, Stark. Yeah. And it's like every, every decision is like him trying to make good on not wasting his life, doing the right thing and trying to save people and do things that benefit people.
2: Yeah, that's good. Alright, so here's my last quote I have. And it is a dialogue between Pepper Potts and Christine Everhart. So Uh, this is... uh,
1: So this is after Christine has hung out with Tony for the day. And (laughs) the, the next day she is getting ready to leave Tony Stark's house and she kind of throws this like pretty unnecessary jab at Pepper. Very unnecessary. Very unnecessary. Just like incredibly hostile. And she says, after all these years, Tony still has you picking up the dry cleaning. To which Pepper responds, I do anything and everything Mr. Sturt requires, including occasionally taking out the trash. Will that be all? <laughs> Such a <laughs> major burn. Major burn.
0: I know she's finished. Christine's finished. Yeah. Put her in a body bag. <laughs> it's so harsh. Um, so I've got two more quotes. Both of them are more on the funny side and both of them have uh, Tony and Obadiah. It's like, Tony's like, Hey, I think we okay. should do something other than weapons. It's in that scene where like I comes out up on the segue and he's like talking to Tony and they're in front of the art director like, oh, I think we should do something other than weapons. And Obadiah says, like, what, baby bottles? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, that really tickled me when I watched it yesterday. And then after the missile presentation, uh, they're on FaceTime. Uh, he's on FaceTime with Obadiah before on this, like, wacky phone. And Obadiah's like, you know, I he's, he's there. You can tell he's shirtless. He's in bed. And uh, he's Tony's like, where are the pajamas that I got you? <laughs> and I was <laughs> like, good night, Tony. <laughs> Which I just thought, I thought that was so funny. It really, I was like, I mean, I'd heard that line before, but like, maybe I'm just getting older and my sense of humor is changing, but that really, really tickled me. It's like, where are your pajamas? Good night, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> let's get into some questions first question we've got four of them today so if you had as much money as tony stark what would be the first thing that you buy
1: as much money as
2: tony stark what would be the first thing that you would buy i'd probably buy a professional basketball team yeah because that would be awesome and why not, right?
1: Got all the money. Exactly. So yeah, I, I think I'd to a professional basketball team, and I would just be willing to throw as much money as I could into to make it win a championship.
0: Yeah, that's you? good. So, um, now that you mentioned that, my answer sounds really, really lame. <laughs> What'd um, you say? Because I, I was just thinking, like, okay, if I'm wanting to do this what would i do i'd said i said just said a lot of real estate (laughs) (laughs) so all these answers i would just went like oh man this would like this would be awesome if i actually had that money Is like i would just buy real estate you know Uh, like the economy right now and then um just let that investment grow baby grow um but yeah a professional sports team sounds a lot better (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I would buy the Chicago Cubs.
1: Oh, I'd buy the Chicago Cubs! <laughs> there you Cubs. go, Brad. There you go. All right. Well, what's That's your better. next answer? What would you What would you invent if you were smart uh, as Tony? If I were smart
0: as Tony Stark, I'd say right now. My first one was like I would invent the cure to cancer. Okay. Or okay. Yeah. Or the cure for COVID. <laughs> or I'd make okay. my own. Uh, my own Iron Man suits.
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Go I mean, fun or you can go serious.
0: Yeah. What'd you say? I said, you can go fun or you can go serious. My serious answer was like cure for cancer, cure for COVID. Uh, my non-serious answer would be like, I'm going to make my own Iron Man suit, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think I would I think it'd be cool to have a uh, like a I don't know, like an
1: actually like practical and high powered like fully functioning electric guitar or electric uh, almost electric guitar, <laughs> electric car that yeah, is that doesn't compromise on anything that current models have to compromise on to to run. Or or invent a Invent shirts that didn't show like pit stains as you sweat. Yes, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. So, where like even I just like common t-shirts. So like, where are all the geniuses putting putting their thought into what really matters here? Exactly.
0: Uh, Exactly. Next question is: If you had Iron Man's armor for a day, what would you do? Oh my gosh uh i think i just i would love to f- just fly around yeah that's what i put too i would just fly around travel the world i mean he makes it to the middle east and back like in a day less, yeah. yeah less than a day um and just looks like man just travel the world fly around go to some cool places um and just have fun, just flying. It would be so much fun.
1: Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I can't think of anything that would be more fun than just flying. Like in the in the Avengers video game that just came out, that wasn't very great, but the coolest thing. No, it was pretty underwhelming. But the coolest thing in the game to me was flying with Thor or with Iron Man, just like flying around. And so I think doing that would be pretty sweet.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean. It'd be so cool, just like, as you see him, like, flying and, like, going supersonic and all that stuff, you're like, that's so cool. Um, yeah. Okay, last question, and I, this is su- a super easy question, but we've gotten in the habit of asking it, and we're going to continue to ask it, is who has the best performance in this movie? And this is a no-brainer. Robert
1: Downey Jr.
0: Robert Downey Jr., hands down. Yeah, for Okay. Sure. Now that we've gotten through our questions, uh, we're adding a new section to the end of our episodes. That's going to uh, we're going to introduce just just the MCU episodes. Just the MCU episodes, Uh, because there's like 22 movies, I think, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and we are going to be just throw
1: a number out there.
0: All right, Uh, we're going to begin ranking our favorite heroes villains and movies overall we're gonna keep our current yeah. rankings um, so uh, we're gonna be stealing a little bit out of the rank Kings podcast where they they <laughs> rank stuff every week um, there are another uh, podcast that we are friends with and so uh, we are going to uh, just start with uh, the hero villain and the movie so this week obviously the top hero because we've only got one is Tony Stark Top villain, Obadiah Stane. A top movie is Iron
2: Man. There we go. Excellent ranking, Brad.
1: I don't have any disagreements. Uh, <laughs> I, think I, I think I'm fully on board with the way you rank, rank those.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm glad we're on the same page this one. I think things. I don't know. I'm really excited to see how things play out because I think there's some that we strongly agree on, but I think there are a few that we kind of disagree on too because we had this conversation a while ago where you sent me all of your MCU rankings. And I think there's a few misalignments that are going to be fun to talk about in the future.
1: Yeah, I think once we get... Like, around, I think things could get slightly contentious once we get around, Um, I don't know, like Captain America, Winter Soldier. Yeah. I think that's when things could get a little, a little contentious there.
0: Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, once we get through phase one, I think we're pretty much on the same page for all of that. But once we get through phase one into phase two, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get real spicy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but all right, Brad, do you have any uh, what are any overall reflections before we give our final grades?
1: yeah, i I think that for for this to be you know like the the kickoff of of the cinematic universe is just so impressive. For this to be like the first movie, you know, like they they didn't have to develop this template. they they had the template, right they started off with the template for an A-plus, a you know, superhero movie that is as good as any other superhero movie, in my opinion. And yeah. I, I just think it's so impressive to start off with this, and um, especially just considering, like, how many movies were, were in between and what all they had to do just to get there. So, yeah, I think this is a great
2: opening to, to the Avengers.
0: It's great, and even like the end, the post credit scene, which like they really made post credit scenes popular um, for all kind of like superhero movies. And I had Samuel L Jackson, the post credit scene as Nick Fury saying, I am Iron Man and kind of mocking him and says like, you think you're the only superhero out in the world? He said, I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers initiative. And it's great. Like they, it's a great opening and, kind of had these hopes and aspirations, but like nobody knew what was coming or what was going to happen. Sure. And uh, like you said, the most uh, profitable movie franchise in history. Um, and it's, it's a solid movie. Like it's one that I could watch again and again and again.
1: All
2: right. Uh, so what, what, what green would you give it?
0: I gave it an, uh, I think I gave it an A or a 9.7. It's really good. It's a lot of fun. I laugh a lot. It's just a good, it's a funny movie. It's a good action movie. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is great. Terrence Howard's great. Jeffrey Bridges, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, like everyone's awesome in this movie. And I really, really love it.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm going to go and give it an A+. I I think this movie really sets the standard and it sets a very high bar that's hard to meet. Um, and I don't think, I'm trying to remember the release order, I'm not sure we're going to meet this standard for a little bit. Alright everybody, that's going to do it for another episode of The Brad Report. We hope that you dug what you heard. We hope that you will like, subscribe, give us a 5 star rating, follow us on social media, and until next time, Love you, 3000.